0: I would imagine that many of us here have had a, a book or two in our history that has uh, had an impact in our lives and we've it's been very memorable and the uh, one for me was when uh, I read when I was in college by uh, Dr. Viktor Frankl it was called Man's Search for Meaning yeah, it's kind of a fascinating book he was a survivor of a concentration camp during World War II he was a prisoner in Auschwitz uh, with uh, many of his fellow Jews and uh, many who did not survive but he survived and he wrote this book and it's really a reflection on his experience. And he kind of recounts some of the, the horrors of uh, being in a, uh, a, a camp like that and the dehumanization. And he came to an awareness that he uh, articulates in his book and it is, it's around the virtue of hope. He said he saw that uh, fellow prisoners who lost hope, who despaired, he knew they were not going to survive very long. Those who maintain some hope, maybe it's a hope for a reunion with uh, with family, maybe uh, just a, a hope to survive this experience. There was a resilience in there. There was a, there was a will to live that hadn't been that hadn't been lost. And again, many of them didn't make it, but uh, that was a very very key thing he thought for for survival. And uh, even after that, as a, as a as a therapist, he he knew the the, the importance of hope as an important virtue. For really a healthy spiritual journey, really a healthy life, and we center on that virtue today in this third Sunday of Advent. We light this rose-colored candle. We call it Gaudete Sunday, a word that means rejoice. And uh, that particular virtue is right at the heart of the readings, especially the, the second reading for St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. And it's a very, very brief reading. We can almost miss what he what he says here. And uh, The letter to the Philippians, it's also known as the letter of joy, or the epistle of joy, and it's kind of strange in a way, because uh, you almost sense that St. Paul's writing this from some beautiful, relaxing, some beautiful beach in the Mediterranean, but he's actually writing this letter from prison. He's been in prison for proclaiming the gospel message, and you can almost picture him writing this in a, a dark, smelly prison cell, and he's giving encouragement to a Christian community that's undergoing great duress. And he writes this, Brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The Lord is near. Have no anxiety at all, but in everything, in prayer and in petition, with thanksgiving, make known your request to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know, while externally, physically, he was not free, he was imprisoned, on the inside he was very free and he was alive in, in, in the spirit and here he is seeking to bring encouragement to others in such a, uh, a painful time in his life. And I think that's what the Lord does. The reason why we, we, we celebrate Christmas every year is that uh, hopefully the Lord is being born deeper and deeper into our lives and the more he's at the center we know that hopefulness we're given that spirit of perseverance because we all have those seasons of life where it's a struggle. And a lot of things, oftentimes we're on the mountaintop or things are going well or average everyday life, but we all have those seasons of life where it's a struggle. You know, maybe because of sickness, and maybe you carry that cross today, there's a, there's a, a sickness you're dealing with. Maybe it's grief, losing a loved one, you know, and as we approach this time of year with Christmas, we feel those losses even more significantly. And uh, maybe it's being out of work, being underemployed. For the young people here, it might be the stress of school or relationship type things going on. It could be money problems. It could be marriage issues or family, things in the family, but we, we all have those seasons of life where there's some, there's some hardship and some struggle. What keeps us hopeful going forward because there can be a, uh, our hope can be diminished and sometimes even to the point of despair. And that's where we center ourselves even more deeply on the Lord and what he brings to us. In Advent we sing, Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Emmanuel is a name for Jesus that means God is with us. And sometimes we wonder, where is God in the midst of this, what I'm going through? And he wants us to know that he is there. He's born into our world, we celebrate that especially at Christmas. but. We want to be born even more deeply into our lives because he's the one who gives us the grace to live the faith and to practice it. And sometimes we're going to be asked to share that hope, to be that hope for another person we know. It might be a family member, a co-worker, a friend, but we since they're really going through tough times. And the Lord can work through you and me to bring encouragement, just like St. Paul brought that to others. I'm always edified every year with the Christmas giving tree. And in our parish, over 2,000 gifts are given by prisoners anonymously. No one's looking for the spotlight or accolades or recognition, but people in an anonymous way, and I think in a very Christ-like way, charitable way, are seeking to have an impact in the life of another person they don't even know through a gift. And in our day-to-day lives, we, uh, there's probably opportunities every week through an act of charity or generosity or kindness where we can be Christ's presence. In the Gospel, people are coming up to John the Baptist and asking, what should we do? And he gives some very practical, concrete ways to be a godly presence in the life of others. And for each one of us here, you know, the Lord counts on us to be that in our world. So that, as we like to set this candle today, this rose-colored candle, the symbol of hope that the Lord is, is near, in our lives is Emmanuel, and we ask for that strength to be that presence in the world. And I want to wind down here by, by sharing a little poem with you. I don't do that very often, but it's a, some kind of like a children's poem type dimension. But I can articulate some of these themes I'm presenting to you. And it's about two frogs, and it goes like this: Two frogs fell into a can of cream, or so I've heard it said. The sides of the can were shiny and steep. The cream was cold and deep. Oh, what's the use, said Frog Number 1. It's his faith that no one's around. Goodbye, sad world. Goodbye, good friend. And weeping still, he drowned. But Frog Number 2 of sterner stuffed dog paddled in surprise. All the while, he wiped his face and dried his creamy eyes. I'll swim a while, at least, he stated, or so it has been said. It really wouldn't help the world if one more frog were dead. An hour or two, he kicked and swam. Not once, he stopped the mutter but kicked and swam and swam and kicked, and then hopped out by way of butter. Right. So the moral of the story is, keep hopping until you croak. Right. That's, not, that's not the moral of the story, so. I added that little piece to the, you know, so. But, but really, there, I, I think there's a, a, a truth there connected to, to this gospel, and that is, you know, the Lord's the one that gives us that spirit of perseverance, And it's one of the three theological virtues faith hope and charity and uh, we all need it and maybe you need it in a a lot today and certainly we know people out there in the world who are struggling you know we can be that christ-like presence that can bring that hope to others and the lord desires for us to be long distance runners and we do that through his grace until we're called home so as we uh prepare to celebrate christmas Let us ask the Lord for that openness of heart that he can be born more deeply in here so that we can be his presence out there in the world. God bless you.